With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to episode 66 of the McCovey Chromecast. We're recording this on Sunday after another exciting Giants loss. Uh, I'm Sammy Sims, and I'm here with Doug Brazzoni. Doug, how are you? I'm I'm great. You know, I'm I'm at the point of the season where they keep losing, but I expect them to lose, and there are no consequences to it. So it's like I've just wasted my time for three hours, but I expected that, so it's fine. So really, it's your fault. Well, to be fair, they have been losing a lot when I'm not watching, too. So. That's... Yeah, I mean, it's a pretty good day in some aspects. Um, got a National League team clinching their division, and it wasn't the Dodgers, so that's pretty great news. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Is it, were we talking about the Nationals last week? Is that your team that you picked? Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, I like the Nationals. They're good. They're nice. Yeah, well, I mean, in, in in lieu of your own team making it to the playoffs, it's a pretty good team to root for. Yes, and they and they have Dusty. That's right. I'm remembering this now. Yes, yes. They've got Dusty. They've got Bryce Harper. They've got Sean Doolittle. You know, there's there's people to root for over there. So you know, I, I like them. Yeah, and congratulations uh, to them for clinching, and thanks for doing it before the Dodgers. <laughs> exactly. Let the champagne season begin. Um, so, okay, so speaking of the Dodgers, they are coming to town tomorrow, Monday, when some of you might be listening to this. Um, of course, it's another series during the week in San Francisco because we don't get nice things this year. Um, so, Doug, which do you think is more unlikely, the Dodgers not getting to 100 wins um, they're currently at 92 with 19 left to play, or the Giants not getting to 100 losses, and they are at 89 with 17 left to play. I mean, they're both pretty unlikely. I would say, though, I, I'm just going to say it. I think the Giants are more bad than the Dodgers are good, so it's more unlikely that the Giants fail to get to 100 losses. Well, the Giants have more to, more games that they would need to lose with fewer games to play, so they have that going against them. That's true, but I mean, I think I think if you I think if I look I saw this earlier today, they would have to be they would have to play at least like a major league team for the last nineteen or whatever games of the season, and that's just not going to happen. They'd have to be like one game under five hundred over that time to avoid being to avoid hundred losses. And come on. That's yeah, good. Not to stop it. <laughs> and they won, what, two games this week? Two, we're not yes, they count. won two games this week. Yeah, so that's two and six, and that's just not going to get you there. Um, 
So, I mean, but is this kind of the edge that, that makes this upcoming series, like, worth it? Because at this point, you know, we know the Dodgers are going to the playoffs. You know that the Giants definitely are not. So, you know, it's just like that last little bit of something interesting that the Giants can just kind of spoil it and keep the Dodgers' losing streak going. Yeah, I mean, for a while, the Dodgers were the only team the Giants were playing well against this year. Uh, and then they stopped playing well against the Dodgers, which I guess is one way to solve that. Um, but they, they started that season playing, them real, playing the Dodgers really tough. Um, and then it all kind of fell by the wayside eventually when the Dodgers were like, okay, we'll try now. But maybe if the Giants can channel some of that into this series, then they can win two games instead of none, which is really what we should be expecting. Well, and to be fair, I feel like the Dodgers series, because there's this one and there's going to be another one this season, that's kind of the only games left that are worth something, even if they don't mean anything. It's still worth it to beat the Dodgers. So maybe that will bring out something in the Giants that we haven't seen in a while. So, you know, there's that. That's hopeful. And it, it also doesn't help or doesn't hurt but the Dodgers are playing pretty freaking terrible right now. Um, they are 0-10 of their last 10 games, and then they won one, and then they lost the five before that. So that means that the Giants have actually been winning more games than the Dodgers. Which That's true. <laughs> seems not possible, but okay. Uh, what do you think is going on with them? I haven't been watching the Dodgers because I don't care. But <laughs> um, I, I do yeah. know how so quickly and so badly. I, I don't know. I mean, obviously, the answer that comes to mind immediately is divine intervention. Um, they made a deal with the devil, and then God stepped down and was like, no, you know, it took me a while to look into this, but it, you know, started in August, and no, I'm not going to let you finish this deal with the devil, Dodgers. Uh, I mean, obviously, that's the most likely. Right. Next most likely, I guess, is that baseball's weird and this stuff happens. Next most likely is that uh, the Dodgers were never as good as they looked because their rotation was Clayton Kershaw and, like, 20 guys who were all hurt all the time. And now it's Clayton Kershaw and you Darvish and 25 guys who were hurt all the time because they apparently got more guys. Uh, and their, their offense, you know, they bring back Adrian Gonzalez and maybe he's not an answer for them. Maybe they didn't really have any questions. Uh, so that's kind of the second possibility. The third possibility is that uh, somebody put a bunch of banana peels in their, in their clubhouse, and they just kept slipping on them, and they're just carrying that mentality to the field. No, that sounds likely. I, so, I, okay. I think so. Huh? Yeah, I, I, I mean, that is fairly likely, I think. Right. Um, so, okay, question. Can you can you be a true Giants fan if you're rooting for the tank against the Dodgers? Because I get that people want those picks, but there's limits. Like, you can't be rooting for the Dodgers against the Giants. No. No, you're not a true Giants fan if you're rooting for that. Rooting for a tank is kind of silly anyway. Um, and maybe I'll write an article this week about that because that's an idea I have. That I don't have a lot this year. Okay. Uh, but... I, I would say especially against the Dodgers, you can't. You have to root the Giants every game, even with the knowledge that they're not likely to win. Um, but, the, come on, if your two favorite teams, if you're a good Giants fan, your two favorite teams are Giants and whoever's playing the Dodgers, 
which means it's actually your two favorite teams this week and not just your favorite team. So you know what? Nut up. Let's go. <laughs> uh, well, it's interesting because they're going into this series having both lost uh, by the same amount today. The Giants lost 8-1. to one. The Dodgers lost 8-1, to one, I think. That was the last score when I checked right before we started recording. But I'm assuming that they lost. Um, and uh, let me let me read this out. Um, ah, sorry, hold on. It was a tweet about the Dodgers. It was a oh yeah, the Dodgers did lose eight to one. They are 92 and 51. They have lost 10 in a row and 15 of 16. Just abysmal. And um, Joanne from McCovey Chronicles, um, she's Sky Blue 17. She wrote, "Take something really special to call a 92 win team abysmal," which is. <laughs> It feels like a, a treat for the Giants fans this year. We don't get that with our own team, but watching this happen to the Dodgers is, you know, you know, I'll take it at this point. Exactly. You know, people people like to talk about how the Giants' second half last year should have should have made us think that this whole year would happen. I think the Dodgers' month of September means that they're going to win like seven games total next year. I'm just going to call it right now. I, you know what? I'll go with it. I would like to see that happen because I'm getting sick of them being really good every year. Even though they're having a rough patch of, what, three weeks, two weeks. I, you know, it's not fair. They're good, really, really good every year. So somebody needs to it, take them. And if it's not us, man, let it be the Rockies. Let it be the Diamondbacks. Somebody needs yeah, to I, I think so. Would, okay, just quick question. Would you prefer the Diamondbacks or the Rockies in the NLPS? Who? Who would have home field advantage? Uh, not them. They, cause one of them is going to be the wild card team that plays the Dodgers in the first round. Okay. So let's if if it's if home team advantage isn't at Coors Field, then I'm going for the Rockies. Okay. All right. I'm. Uh, I think I'm actually going for the Diamondbacks. All right. Either yeah. one of them, as long as well. Yeah, as I say, any other team except for the Dodgers, but really the Padres are just the Padres. They're better than us, but they're still the Padres. <laughs> right. I mean, at least even though the Giants are bad and the Dodgers are great, at least the Padres are still the Padres. They will always have that. This is well, you know, and again, it's still hard though because they're still better than the Giants this year. So, <laughs> well, hard. everyone's better than the Giants this year, so it's nothing personal. That's true, but it just feels like it's hard to throw stones when you're throwing them from the bottom of the pile. Um, okay, so speaking, well, kind of somewhat speaking of the Guardians who beat the Dodgers today and then who beat the Giants for most of their series this week, um, they finally won a game in Colorado against the Rockies on Wednesday. Yeah, um, they won 11 to three, which is a whole lot of offense that we don't normally see. They did. They um, they actually had a little two-game winning streak because they won the game after that, too, and scored a bunch of runs in that one, too. And that was really all the runs they scored all week. Um, but it was great that they won a game in Colorado. It doesn't make Coors Field any less of a cursed hellhole that will damn your soul for all eternity. But they won a game. Uh, it wasn't completely hopeless. If you go 0-10 at a stadium, in a, in a season, that's that's pretty terrible. That's sort of like that's almost a mark of pride because it's so terrible. Like I remember uh, a few years ago, I don't know, maybe it's ten years ago now. At some point uh, in the NFL, the Detroit Lions went 0 and 16, and at some point they were you know 0 13, 0 14, and I saw one of the one of the writers on Deadspin was like, 
Look, I want them to go 0-16, but not because I hate them. Because their fans deserve to see this. this team's going to be this bad, their fans deserve to say, I was a fan even during this awful year. That couldn't have gotten any worse. Yeah. So there was kind of that in my mind as they were going to Corey Fields that last game at 0-9 on the season. Like, man, I'll be able to tell people. 30 years from now, I'll be able to tell people I watched this crap-ass team, and I'm still a fan. Uh, and then they won, and you know what? It's better that they won. Yeah. I'm glad they won. <laughs> I was, that was really just me jumping straight from bargaining to depression. So well, I'm glad they won. It's funny that you bring that up because the Dodgers are at 0-10 as of today. And they're at 92 wins, but they somehow have a 10-game losing streak. So it's kind of, you know, it's like it, baseball. It's weird. Sorry. It is weird. I agree. <laughs> Another weird thing in the 9-2 win over – no, no, sorry, that was uh, Friday night. So in the – going to the 9-2 win over the White Sox, um, that game ended Pablo Sandoval's hitless streak with a three-run blast. Am I right? It, yes, that is correct. He hit a three-run homer, which is, uh, I believe, still his only hit in his last 47 at-bats as of this recording. Okay. Well, you know, if you're going to get one, make it count, I guess. Yeah, no, it was a big hit in the game. It, uh, it got the Giants on the board, and it ended up being the winning run. So that was good. Yeah. It was, that was the last good thing that happened this weekend. Uh, <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry uh, Jarrett Park. Oh, there was actually one good thing that happened uh, in Sunday's game. Uh, Dwayne Kuyper and Javier Lopez were talking about Jarrett Parker homering. And uh, and then Dwayne Kuyper, and they were like, well, he should hit a home run right now. And then Kuyper was like, he didn't swing. And then he swung and he hit a home run on the, <laughs> on the very next pitch. That's the only other good thing that happened this weekend. That's true. Yeah, I didn't get a chance to watch that one yet, but I'll have to take a look at it after we're done. Um, you know, of course, that didn't ultimately matter because over the last two games, the White Sox outscored them 21-2. to <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know, 9-2 to on Friday. I mean, when you go up against a juggernaut like the 2017 Chicago White Sox, you have to expect. Um, let me just check it. To check their record this year. Oh, <laughs> not not so much of a juggernaut. Not no. Uh, it turns out that they and the Giants are in a heated battle for the second draft pick at the moment. Oh, but the Phillies just tanked while I wasn't watching. The, the Phillies are just staying ahead of them. The Phillies are doing what they need to do to get that number one pick. Well, I, I, you know, good for them, I guess. The Giants should step that up. But, again, as we talked about, we've got six more games against the Dodgers, and I don't want them to lose them for sheer pride. Exactly. You know, exactly. So um, you had brought this one up to me. Um, you said, does Bruce Bochy hate Mac Williamson? So, so set that one up for me. So uh, – uh, in one of the games in Colorado, I do not remember which one. It was one of the losses. Uh, it, uh, it was 3-3 going into the bottom of the ninth. The, uh, somebody on the Rockies hit a fly ball that Max should have caught, and he didn't. Uh, and that ended up that, – that runner ended up being the winning run. So the, the official score ruled it uh, as a the hit which was uh, a ruling that he can make. 
And the Giants lobbied to get Mac Williamson an error uh, on that play after the game, after they lost. Uh, I don't really know why. Is it that important to get that run run taken off the board? Uh, I'm not sure. And then Mac hasn't really been starting a lot lately. Gorky Fernandez has started in left field uh, multiple games. Gorky Fernandez should not ever be starting in a corner spot over a young player who has any kind of chance to help the Giants in two years. Uh, so he says, three spots you hate Mac Williamson? I think it seems like he does. Uh, the, the way they've been treating him, the way they talk, the way Bochy especially talks about him in the press, it, it's kind of like a second coming of Nate Shearholt situation where there's something just wrong there. There's some rift in the relationship and nobody really knows what it is. But Bochy has made up his mind, at least it seems like he has, and that's it. The, the mind is made up. The sort of a, I don't know if grudge is the right word, but his decision has been made about what kind of a player Mac is, and he's going to play Gorky Fernandez in the corner over it, which seems like a really poor decision on a lot of levels. Yeah, I agree. It feels like something they would do to Brandon Belt. <laughs> but I guess because he's not there, somebody's got to be the new belt. Somebody's got to be the new belt. Yeah, that one, I, I do remember that one now. Um, that's Who was pitching? Do you remember? I want to say it's Corey Guerin, but it might have been Oakert. Yeah, I mean, Oakert ended up getting lost anyways, didn't he? Uh, whoever, whoever got the loss in the game was pitching. That's that's the best I can do. Right. Um, so just, I'm trying to figure out some kind of reason that they would argue in favor of getting their own player uh, an error, and I just can't see it. Like, if you've got – Sales like a closer that's you know had some really bad games and you just want to get get that off their shoulders or whatever. I can see it, but I I yeah, nothing. That's ridiculous. What does that do to to that player? Just like how that player thinks that the organization beats them if they're going to go out of their way to lobby to get them an error rather than just like okay, it was a hit, cool, end the game. We probably would have lost anyway. Uh, so okay, it was Stephen Oker, and yeah, I mean to me it just feels kind of spiteful. But, well, I think you deserve it. But you know that they would never do that if Hunter Pence had done the same thing. Like, there is zero chance they would ever treat Hunter Pence like that, which makes you think, well, that's kind of a double standard. Either the player deserves it or he doesn't. And I don't know. It seems like there is an animosity there. Do you think it's an animosity on both sides or just against him? I mean, at, at this point, it might be on both sides because there's only so long that someone can kind of hate you before you hate them back. Yeah. That's just, um, that's but I, I don't – I have no idea. I have not seen any comments from Mac at yeah, all about so. it, so we really have no way to know. That's, that's unfortunate because he was one of the players that I was the most excited to see come up. And I know in the games that I saw him play, he did really well. So I don't Yeah, I mean he's he's been off he's been off and on, but he's also getting sporadic playing time and that's what's gonna happen. You need to if you're gonna do this, you need to actually commit to it. And I'm sorry, but if that means that Hunter Pence is starting two games a week instead of six, well that's fine because it doesn't matter. Right. Well and I thought that the game plan they said when they called Mac back up was that he was going to be every day until Parker came back. But were they pursuing Parker and um um, Hernandez before Parker got hurt? I think Parker was playing pretty much every day before he got hurt. 
That's what I thought. So then I thought that the game plan with uh, Williamson was to have him take over playing every day, but they just didn't. Yeah. Well, that sucks because he was kind of a bright spot um, in the little bit that he got to play. Yeah, he's he's been he's been better than a lot of players who have gotten more chances. Yeah, I agree. Um, well, in some slightly good news, good and bad news, um, it looks like Mike Lanson is finally um, going to do the right thing and get his surgery that he needs. Um, I believe it's on Tuesday. So I think our loving criticism paid off, and he heard us, and he said, you know what, I really should just go get surgery. Yes, he really should go get surgery. He's going to have surgery on Tuesday. Yes. And finally. Yes, so that's some good news. I mean, it's not, you know, he – Surgery sucks. It sucks to recover and all that, but it means that he can get started recovering earlier and get ready for the season earlier, and is stops being in pain earlier. So that's good. Yeah, so, I mean, there, there's not a lot of reason to continue pitching Mark Williamson, even if, even if Brad, you're like, we want, we have pride, we have all this. Uh, Mark Williamson is not the pitcher that he's going to be next year if the surgery goes well. So evaluating him doesn't actually matter you should use that time to evaluate other guys. Like, for example, Albert Suarez, who with every outing, you're going, oh, he, he shouldn't be on a major league team. Um, and that's, that is helpful for next year to know. Yes. Much more helpful than seeing how Mark Melanson pitches with his shoulder falling off or whatever it is. Right. Um, well, I mean, there's, just, there's not a whole lot of good news coming out of the Giants, so let's just go ahead and move on to our players of the week. Um, I'll go ahead and go first. I am picking Joe Panic. Um, Joe Panic had the let me do the math real quick. Twelve twelve hits uh twelve hits in the series against the Rockies. So on Monday he went three for four. Uh Tuesday he went four for five with no scored or with no runs scored, which pissed me off. Um and then Wednesday he went five for six and scored three runs. So I mean that if that doesn't get you player of the week, I don't know what does. <laughs> no, that's that's a good pick. Um you know, I thought about picking Curtis Granderson, who's been doing a lot of really great work since he came over to the Dodgers. Uh, <laughs> but I figured I should pick a giant. So uh, Matt Moore had a promising start. And if you're wondering if I'm going to pick Matt Moore every time he has a promising start, yeah, I am, because I'm, I'm terrified that this team is going to be garbage for the next seven years. So any sort of ray of hope, I'm grasping at it, even though you can't physically grab rays. You might think that makes it a badly thought out metaphor, but really it's a good it's a good metaphor. If you think about it, it doesn't matter if I'm grabbing at it. It matters that there is some kind of hope there. So Matt Moore, player of the week, good start against the White Sox, uh, and after him, every Bung, uh, Bumgarner and Cueto, right? Was it Cueto? Whoever it was, well, uh, they were trash <laughs> against the White Sox. Oh, Tamarja, Tamarja and Bumgarner were terrible against the White Sox. So Ugh. I'm taking the guy who is good and who gives me hope for the future. Not more. Well, you know, that's a fair pick, in my opinion. Uh, you're looking at the future. If you're looking at the present right now, it just hurts. Yeah. Uh, looking at the present stuff. So, <laughs> so um, did we have any questions this week? We did. We ask your questions every week. Uh, please send them. Uh, it wasn't that many. It's like people aren't that interested in the Giants right now, which is <laughs> weird. Um. So the first one comes from Gina at GOC underscore Gina, uh, who asks, 
What is the most extreme thing you would do if it guaranteed the Dodgers lost every remaining game and had no chance at the playoffs? Okay, let me let me take that one because I saw that come through. Dina, even if the Dodgers lost every game for the rest of the season, that would still put them at 70 losses, which is not good, but they still have 92 wins, so they still make the playoffs. So now, I mean, if you're including playoff games in the losing every game thing, then maybe I'd think about it, but I'm not going to debase myself for the Dodgers to make the playoffs anyway. Yeah, exactly. Like, I would I would really debate myself at this point for the Dodgers to not make the playoffs, but I, I, I don't have that guarantee in the question. I'm sorry. Right. I mean, if we're just going to, like, somehow, like, say a meteor falls down and takes out an empty Dodgers stadium, but they have nowhere to play baseball, and that's how they don't make the playoffs, I have to think about that one. But, you yeah. know, if they still end up playing somewhere else, then no. Yeah, they they just play in Anaheim, so that doesn't really help. No, it makes me dislike Anaheim even more. <laughs> and no one likes Anaheim. Damn monkey. Okay. <laughs> Next question comes from Rob Hainer at Robert Hainer. Last, so other than Posey Crawford and Bumgarner, what is there to look forward to in 2018? Brandon Belt <laughs> coming back. That's good. Brandon Belt. Uh... In 2018, not, he's not coming back this year, but he'll be back next no, year. 20, that's worth, yeah, that's worth looking forward to. Um, geez, I don't know. Finding out which former Giants they signed to a minor league deal, who then makes the roster, as you know he will. Uh, uh, maybe maybe Bubble Song will come back. Why not? Um. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to think what there is to look forward to because right now it's not looking very optimistic. Maybe they'll change the ball back to how, how they're supposed to be and John Quinn will be great again. <laughs> I don't know. You know what? Here, no, here's what we're looking forward to in 2018 is a fresh start. And even if they end up being just as bad next year, I look forward to the beginning of the season where we can still not be that. Like, you have that optimism that you don't expect them to lose every game because it's a new season. There's still hope there. I look forward to that hope, that not already knowing that the team's dead. Yeah, that, that hope will be nice. Uh, Christian Arroyo, hopefully, will be off and, and doing well. Uh, yeah. That should be exciting. Yeah, that's that's really about it. <laughs> we, we've been watching too much the 2017 Giants to really yeah. have a lot of optimism right now, well, but it's worth watching baseball. Yeah, I mean, the other good news about the 2018 season is that 2017 will be over, and that's great news. <laughs> that is great news. Do we have yeah. any more? We do. Uh, next one comes from our own Roger Munter at Rog61. Why did 2017? <laughs> oh, that's good timing. Um 2017 knows what 2016 did. Yeah, I mean, 2017's reaction to 2016. Uh, 2016, I guess, had a grudge against 2015. I, I don't know. This all goes back the real ways. I don't want to pin the blame on any one thing. It's a systemic issue. Yeah. Um, 2017, not, you know, and baseball is bad. And it, it would be great to have baseball as an escape because everything else is bad. And Yeah. No, we're just... I mean, I, I've said this a lot of times, but I think it bears repeating. It, baseball's supposed to be an escape, and it's not. 
and uh, that's probably because of something you did, listeners. So, really, Roger, the answer was in was inside you all along. The answer was the friends you made along the way. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think said, "Well," and let's see. From Lars at Lars Wanderer said, "Well, Dodgers," and you know what? I can agree with that. What was it again? Lowell Dodgers. LOL Dodgers. Oh, yeah. No, always. Always and forever. <laughs> yeah, so that's uh, that's about it, I think. Okay. Um, all right, so I guess that's going to wrap it up for this week. Um, we want to send a thanks out to everybody that's dealing with the, one of the many natural disasters going on right now. It's been insane a lot. And we hope that everybody's okay. Um, and, you know, check in with us if you can. Um, as always, you can comment over on the Covey Chronicles, or you can find us on Twitter at McCroncast. I'm at Sammy Higgins, and Doug, where can you exactly go to find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Brunwalk McFly. All right. Well, stay safe out there, everybody, and we will see you back here next week, hopefully after the Giants have beaten LA at least once. <laughs> Thanks for listening. <laughs>